And we're back. After a short hiatus during the pandemic, Rural Spark has returned, and we're exploring the ways rural communities are responding to challenges and seizing opportunities. This week, we're looking into the rather positive story, in our view, of a sparsely populated rural municipality in Nova Scotia that's introducing a four-day work week for its 50-some employees. So far, there doesn't seem to be a downside to this pilot project at the municipality of the District of Guysboro. Today, we've invited CAO Barry Carroll to walk us through the experiment. Hi, Barry. How are you today? No, I'm doing great, Helen. How about yourself? Terrific. Nice to see some uh, nice summer-like weather in Nova Scotia these days. Yes, yeah. It's, I feel we've turned a corner, which really feels good for sure. Yes. And, um, and of course, it's been a long, a particularly difficult spring for people. So uh, they're, they're welcoming the new weather. And, and you have something uh, interesting we want to uh, talk about today. But I know a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with the District of Guysboro. So I thought we might open by you just uh, telling us a little bit about the municipality. Okay, the municipality, uh, Helen, is a pretty small municipality in population. We're only about 5,000 people. But the uniqueness of Guysboro is that we're spread over 2,200 square kilometers. So we're located in northeastern Nova Scotia. So we're well spread out. We do have some population centers within that 2,200 square kilometers. But essentially, the density is a little above 2.2 people per square kilometer. So it's a, it's a pretty sparse area, but uh, it's a beautiful community. We have more than 200 kilometers of coastline. Uh, we have some 500 50 kilometers of roads within the municipality so we have lots of tourism uh, type areas to visit and it's just beautiful here and on a sunny day like today the boating and and the yachting and the uh, beaches are, are a buzz so it's a it's a pretty nice week and it looks like it's going to be a nice weekend for that type of activity. Terrific. And I'm just realizing that combining the topic of a four-day work week with your words on how beautiful it is down here, we might uh, actually turn into a bit of a recruitment message here for the District of Guysboro as people say, that sounds like a pretty nice place to live. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and that's one of, the, one of the things behind a four-day work week, actually. Uh, I mean, we have a fair number of professional staff within their operations, so we can't always recruit locally, like as in right in the municipality. Uh, quite often, we have to step outside and, and I know our involvement obviously with our local hospitals and others so mm-hmm. um, yeah but in our organization itself uh, yeah no, no I think what we're embarking on here may help us in recruiting professionals that's for sure. Terrific and so tell us how that all came about Barry how did the idea of a four-day work week in this small municipality come about? Yeah so it's kind of unique Helen uh, I think something good came out of the COVID-19 pandemic for us uh, I mean, we, we, as you mentioned earlier, it was a bit of a tough spring for, for people who live in Nova Scotia. And we, we had a couple of tragedies and then COVID came along. And, and you know, we were particularly, for a small province, we were particularly hit hard with some uh, deaths as a result of COVID. So in our municipal operations, we run three wind farms. Uh, we run a regional landfill facility, a waste management facility that caters to in excess of 200,000 people. We run some other business activities, so we're kind of unique. So we have uh, some of our crew that work on the outside. Uh, so we in, came up with a system where uh, people would work two days on and two days off. And, uh, you know, for the two days off, anybody that work, could work from home, uh, we're working from home. So, mm-hmm. so that's what we were doing during COVID. A lot of the municipalities in Nova Scotia actually were closed uh, fully during COVID, but we stayed open at, as in manning our offices uh, 
We weren't open to the public, but we continued our operations. We felt it was important to support our activities in the community. And uh, so that's what we, uh, that's the process. So that kind of led into uh, this new system of the four-day work week. And uh, so that was the genesis of it. And we started, you know, the, pre- the prime minister, uh, Canadian prime minister was on TV and he had talked about the four-day work week and so one thing led to another and we started thinking about it and we said, well, maybe we can make this work in our workplace. And, and that's where we find ourselves to today. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really interesting model, in particular the size. Like we can say it's a small municipality, but it's not a tiny staff, right? You have in the area of approximately 50 staff, is that right? Yeah, we're, we're operating about 60 right now. And, uh, and we run two nursing homes, which are separate, which we have about 80 staff. But they're on a shift system already, and they operate uh, separately from our core operations. But in our core operations, we'd be, uh, we, we would be around about 60 staff right now. So, yeah, you know, it's small in municipal terms. It's not really small, like real small municipalities, but... Uh, yeah, no, so it's, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, it's not an urban center for sure. It's a rural municipality, so the, the staff is reflective of that. Right. Well, what we like to to see, and what this story is interesting, is how you can be a very, you know, rather small municipality and, and still try things that are quite innovative. And actually, sometimes it might be easier because you have a smaller staff. You're not talking about 500 people and trying to reschedule all that. But tell us among those the staff members, how are they responding so far to this change? Yeah, so this is the end of the first week. Well, first of all, I'll say this, that uh, during the, the two days on, two days off, which we kept road trading through the weeks and months, uh, you know, we found our staff, we're, we're finding many uh, efficiencies, uh, we're finding different ways of doing things. Some of our staff were uh, doing things that they don't normally, or performing job tasks that they don't normally perform. So there was kind of a, an evolution uh, with our staff uh, during COVID. So and 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 so that kind of led uh, led to where we're at. So and and currently, you know, we did offer actually our employees the opportunity to uh, work, continue to work the regular eight thirty to four thirty five days a week. Right. And when we had put that out to the staff, you know, we didn't have anybody take us up on that. So essentially, in our model, uh, it's a condensed four day work week. You know, people that were working 35 hours a week were, are now working 36 hours a week. People that were on 40-hour-a-week shifts are now working four 10-hour shifts. And um, again, based on our team A and B, our two days on, two days off model that we had originally, uh, now in this new model, team A works Monday to Thursday with Friday off. Team B works from Tuesday to Friday with Monday off. So Essentially, on Monday and Fridays, uh, we have half our staffs, and then on um, Tuesday to Thursday, we have, you know, everybody's at the workplace for the extended work periods. There's some rotation in there, isn't there, Barry, so that if you're, you don't always get Friday off, right? You're going to well, have yeah, sometimes Friday, we, sometimes Monday? Yeah, well, we did put the rotation, but the rotation will be on a yearly basis. So for uh-huh. our operations, uh, it works best that we do it. We could have done it at six months. We could have done it at two months, four months. You know, we could have switched it, but right. just chose the first full week of the year that we would actually uh, do that rotation. The beauty for our municipality and for our residents is that, you know, we've extended the service hours, which is mm-hmm. the biggest advantage to the community. Uh you know, we're open to the public. Our administrative buildings are now open instead of being open from 8.30 to 4.30. They're now open from 8 to 5, Monday to Friday. Our landfill operation, uh, again, it caters to more than 200,000 people. 
many contractors, um, you know, instead of uh, being open from 7.30 to 4.30, that's now a 7 to 5 operation and with a half day on Saturday. So we quite extended our hours and, and that extra five hours, believe it or not, makes a difference for people when they're going to work and they need to visit our buildings, they need to drop by the landfill, or even coming home from work later in the evening. It, it, can, it really does make a difference. We've seen it already in this week about people using that extra hour to, to avail of our services. Oh, interesting that the, the public is responding that quickly. And I'm wondering, too, what you're, when we look at the public, what, what are you hearing from local residents or maybe other staff and counselors are talking to you about what they're hearing from residents on the street who are learning about this new pilot? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think when we made the decision, um, you know, kind of what's come, you know, the, uh, the little bit of uh, media that's uh, got onto this, I mean, that was completely unintended we had no idea that that might happen i mean our biggest concern was a would the staff buy into this new program were they interested in participating in it but b was you know how are the public going to react uh, you know municipalities are traditionally not the the highest order of respect on that government chain so you know we're a little bit concerned about how the public might react but you know it's been overwhelmingly positive you know it's been really and, you know, we, we have no specific way of knowing it, only through social media or mm-hmm. people that are coming into the, to our buildings. That, that's really the only way that, uh, that we know right now. But so far, no negativity. Our uh, counselors had met in person for the first time this past Wednesday, and they've received no negative feedback. And usually, you know, we know, and as you know, being working in the media, that if we do something and people don't like what we're doing, we tend to hear about it. Right. <laughs> so when you do things that are positive, sometimes you just don't hear anything. But in this particular case, uh, we're not hearing a lot, but what we are hearing, it's positive. So. Right. And while you are getting a lot of media calls, and that's been interesting, like there seems to be an appetite across Canada for hearing about this kind of experiment. I'm wondering if you're also, it's early days, but are you already hearing from other municipalities that are interested in how and why you're doing this? Yeah, right across the country, Helen. We've had just about every province check in uh, with our operations over the last, over this past, this current week, actually. Yeah, for all different reasons. Uh, You know, some of them were thinking about it. And I think COVID, too, had everybody doing something differently. We were kind of unique in Nova Scotia with uh, keeping our facilities, you know, having uh, staff in our facilities, and not a lot did it in Nova Scotia. But, uh, you know, across the country, uh, people started thinking, I think, a little bit differently. And I think uh, when they seen there was this small community in Nova Scotia that were embarking on this process, uh, you know, through our media uh, across the country, then we st- our phones started to ring or our emails started to increase uh, from other municipalities. Just to see how we're doing it, uh, see how many staff we have, uh, see what the feedback it's like. Yeah, and we actually provided uh, some of our uh, internal presentations we had done, uh, you know, as we went through the process of determining whether we were going to do this or not, and even some that we did on staff training uh, coming out of COVID and moving into this new system. So, yeah, so quite a number of municipalities, uh, as I said, right from BC, pretty well. I don't think anybody contacted us from Newfoundland, but certainly other areas of Nova Scotia right through to BC have been in contact with us. I want to pause briefly here to say a word of thanks to our sponsor, ExploreNet, for supporting the Rural Spark discussion. 
I think we can all agree that rural areas of Canada should have access to the same amazing internet technologies as our biggest cities. And what's so interesting about ExploreNet, their network is bringing 5G-ready tech to rural Canadians even before it gets delivered to urban areas. You can learn more and check out what ExploreNet services are in your area by visiting ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T.com. Really, that's impressive. And do you think it's easier, Barry, given the size of the municipality? Like, are you able to be, I always have the impression that, you know, smaller municipalities can be more nimble if they want to. Do you think this kind of thing, and I know you folks turned it around pretty quickly, um, yeah. is that easier to do in a small municipality in your view? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I've spent some time working nationally with our association and, uh, and I've been pretty well in all corners of the country and I've worked with other CAOs and city managers and town managers across the country. And, uh, you know, I think our size municipality, we can uh, implement things pretty quickly. You know, there, we can assess the pros and the cons pretty quickly. Uh, and for us, it just, you know, the size of our municipality in this particular instance was just perfect to, to do something like this. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be for every municipality. That's for sure. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do, um, between the, the confidence that exists between the council as the elected officials, the, the elected body, and your staff. So if you if you don't have that uh, confidence at that level, then it's almost going to be impossible. And but also for the elected officials, they have to know their particular districts or communities that they serve to know that that's, there's an appetite for something like that in the community. So in our case, the, all of these things lined up, uh, whether it's because the particular size of our community or not, uh, I'm not so sure, but for sure we can make decisions a little bit quicker. Um, and we had the benefit of two and a half months of, of and, and I can't uh, overstate that really. We had that same type of feel because of the two days on and the two days mm -hmm. of working from home essentially. And this is kind of an extension of that. The biggest thing for me, uh, you know, on Monday, for example, you know, I'm in the office and in the two days on, two day off system, on the days off, if I needed something from somebody that was actually under two days off, you know, another management employee or something, I reached out to them pretty quickly to get that. Uh, Monday of this week, I had to hold myself back. <laughs> I was looking for something because I didn't want to. And all of our management staff are really, all of our staff are really good, dedicated people. Right. But, and so we're management. But you don't, if it's something that could wait until Tuesday, you want to yeah. do that. But, uh, but of course, they, you know, you contact them, which I did in a couple of cases. They're pretty quickly, they're all carrying their iPhones or, and they have their iPads at home and stuff. So it's pretty quickly to, to interact that way. Yeah, and that part of it's probably going to be a bit of an adjustment too, right, Barry, for, for managers and, and yourself to remember that, oh, you know, that person is off on Mondays and trying to respect that. It's probably going to be a bit of a, a trial to get into that habit. Yeah, it will be a, a trial. It's kind of funny when we introduce it to all of our staff, I think to a person, they said, look, you know, if I'm off, if you need me, um, you know, I'll be available kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I know our director of economic development, who was off this past Monday, there was a, a webinar on hydrogen gas, you know, some of the things that we look at surrounding right. our uh, landfill and some wind farms and stuff. And so he took that webinar in. And, and I think, you know, that's that's the thing. Some of these jobs, they keep going. And even on, uh, on a day you're off, things keep going. But, you know, for management staff, it's not like sometimes into the weekend. So I, I right. think most people will be... A, 
will be able to adjust pretty quickly. Right. And, and why do you think, Barry, that the experiment you're doing there in Guysboro is attracting so much attention across Canada? Do you think it's just that generally even, you know, regular working people, that's kind of a dream date, having the, uh, the four-day work week? Is that, is that why it's resonating so much? Well, you know, we've been focused on mental health. You know, I have to say the last seven or eight years, we put a, a heavier focus on that. I, I don't think we did what we should, or we were doing what we should have been doing before that. It was such, I hate to say it because I feel, you know, as a manager for 32 years now in municipal government, I feel guilty when I say this, but, you know, mental health was kind of a bit of a taboo subject and it was difficult to know how to handle it in the workplace were people making excuses or were because i mean there was a joke that from time to time so-and-so was taking a mental health day and uh, and really i think it's only eight or nine years ago when really in our workplace we started to say you know that may be important that's as important as somebody has uh, twisted their ankle and, right. and can't walk so so I, I think, you know, a decade ago or a little less, we started to focus more on mental health. And, and you know, it was a continuous conversation in our, in our workplace. And, and, you know, we, whether it be weekly emails or supporting families, uh, you know, in various ways, whether, you know, they have uh, life events or just on a day-to-day basis, you know, our culture. I mean, we changed it. I don't know that we changed it because we always had a good culture, but we, we became a lot more supportive. So, and, and I think that's kind of, this spawns out of that. You know, we were always looking for a way to, you know, get that production that you need, uh, empower employees, uh, you know, wanting them to want to, have, to work for you versus, you know, you telling them you have to do this, that, and the other thing. So I, I think that this is an extension of really what we are doing on the mental health side. And this is, this becomes an impacting thing for our employees uh, that they, they get that extra day off and they work to condensed week. So they still work the number of hours, but again, you know, on that side, our employees were pretty dedicated. I, if I got to work at 10 after eight, I wasn't the first one to work generally in mm-hmm. the morning. There was somebody here before me. So, and the same thing in the evening, if I left at, 4.30 or 4.40, there was always someone else left in the building. So, uh, yeah, so it's not a huge stretch to, to make that change from that perspective. Right. And I think there's going to be a ton of interest as you get to the end of your, your nine-month pilot project period uh, to see what your findings are and as you analyze that. But you're not, uh, there's already a commitment there is if things are working out to continue on. Is there not, Barry? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, of course, in Nova Scotia, we're going to go through municipal elections in October. Right. And uh, so you never know in our business about that. That's a changing thing. It could be a changing thing every four years. We've been pretty stable with our councils. There's been always a, a carryover. I think in the last election, all eight were reelected. So, uh, but the plan for us is the end of January, we'll actually will be crunch time for the evaluation we would have done leading up to that to make a decision of whether we're going to implement it on a permanent basis or if we'll discontinue it, you know, a month or so after that. Our plan is we've, we've talked to the provincial government about uh, them cost sharing, uh, you know, an evaluation of the pilot so that we can uh, hire somebody to kind of independently evaluate it, uh, to seek out some expertise to provide opinions about the uh, four-day work week on both sides of the argument 
to evaluate what we're doing, uh, to look at our efficiencies, look at areas that we need to improve on, and to see that um, are we a better organization with the four-day work week or are we not a better organization? Mm -hmm. Are we providing the services uh, to the public in a you know, a better way or somehow we less, less effective in that way. So I think by bringing somebody in from the outside to do a proper evaluation will allow council to kind of make a more objective decision. And, and even through that, Helen, the, my, my thinking would be that, you know, coming out of that, there'd be a bit of a template that, you know, especially if it comes out to be positive that other communities that might be, or other businesses that might to be, might be able to use in their own workplaces. But again, We'll see how the evaluation goes, and, and I, I think I need to make the point, or I want to make the point, that because it's going to work for us, or in Guy's world, in our municipality, it doesn't mean it's going to work necessarily anywhere else, or it doesn't mean that the same setup that we have, or format that we have, is something that would work somewhere else. So it works for us. That's Thank what you. we know. And as I said earlier, we had a bit of a trial on it before we got into it. And that was that two and a half, you know, the two on, two off system. And, and as I keep saying, it may be the only positive that I can think of for us that came out of COVID. Right. Well, and if you are the very early stages here, of course, Barry. But if you look at just the early development period, which was short for this model, and then the launch... For other municipal administrators who might be listening and might be interested in, in trying something out, is there any advice you would give them based on what you've learned just going through that initial ramp up and launch period uh, to try to get it right? Yeah, I think you have to take your time. I, I mean, we had the benefit of, uh, again, I, you know, what we had done through during the height of the pandemic. So, right. so that, that was a huge uh, help for us when we started thinking about this idea more then we started using some of those things that we had learned uh, to actually put this program to, or to set up how this program could work. So again, you have to look at all the services that you provide. You have to look at the services, how you would cover off, you know, and some, some municipalities have uh, seven day work weeks, a little bit different hours. Uh, so everybody, every workplace will be different. So I think it's taking the time to, evaluate whether it can truly work in in your workplace and i think you work you also have to find that win-win for not only the employees in the workplace but also for the community at large so mm -hmm. i don't think any municipality should or could do this if it means that you're cutting down on services or you're lessening anything that you contribute to the community so i think right. the real win-win for us is that we've enhanced that while at the same time we're providing, uh, you know, a better work life uh, for employees. So, uh, and I don't think you, you, something that you can force on employees on that side of it either. I think you have to mm -hmm. get them to buy in, right? see if they're interested. And I mean, in our case, we had unanimous support uh, from mm -hmm. our employees, but, you know, in some places, uh, the other thing is, you know, in some workforces, we have the benefit of, uh, being non-unionized, you have unionized. We are unionized in our in one of our nursing homes, so we mm -hmm. do have elements of unions. But for the most part, we're non-unionized. So, again, you know, I've worked in communities with unions, and so it's a little different dynamic that you'd have to make sure that you, uh, you know, all your agreements and stuff are are rejigged to mm -hmm. uh, to build into this new uh, work program. 
Right. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to walk us through the uh, experiment. It is a very hopeful story at a time when uh, I think we have a big appetite for hopeful stories, Barry. And uh, we'll make a note in our calendar at Rural Sparks to check back in with you yeah. early in 2021 as the, um, the, the review of how it's worked out uh, starts to come together. And we'll be sure to share that story too. Okay. Thank you, Helen. I really appreciate it. Thanks. And have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada. <laughs>